I'm Jeff Wright, and welcome to the Blame to Fame podcast. As an entrepreneur, I have not only built an extremely successful business from scratch, but also employed thousands of men and women and helped them on their path to financial freedom. One of the most common themes for me and everyone else who has succeeded is that we never blame anyone and are aware that our success or failures fall solely on our shoulders. It was not until I hit rock bottom that I realized that only I alone could change my future. And on my podcast, you're going to hear the stories of successful folks who have gone from blame to fame in their own lives. I look forward to sharing my journey and great guests that will educate you about their path to success. Please join me each week on the Blame to Fame podcast. Okay, today we have Angie Wisdom from Newport Beach, California on. Angie is a business and life coach, just published a new book. Angie, welcome for being on and tell us about the book that you have. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. The Non-Negotiable You launched last week. Super exciting. It is um, the foundational principles of being your best self to accomplish everything you want, guiding you through mindset mastery on a daily basis for success. The non-negotiable you. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it, it's it's funny. I'm traveling today, as you know, so I'm I'm, I'm yes. speaking at a at a conference, and I I had this discussion today with the people that multitasking to me is not a superpower, and mm-hmm. and the way the way that I the way that I to me multitasking is just glorified procrastination. And mm-hmm. the way that I, the way that I explained it to these people is, you know, if you have 10 things to do, if you get them all done, multitasking, you've half-assed them at best. Yes. And I told the, you know, these are all a bunch of, these are all a bunch of sales guys. I said, don't half-ass do 10 things, put your whole ass into one thing, finish that and then go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, because uh, doing the multitasking and, and, non-negotiable. I love that because I believe that to be successful in anything, first and foremost, you have to be a promise keeper to yourself. If you can't mm-hmm. keep promises to yourself, um, you, you can't, you, you can't keep promises uh, to anybody. That's why there's so many people walking around uh, lacking self-confidence is because if they constantly let themselves down, they constantly negotiate with themselves um, a lot of salespeople mm-hmm. that work with me, they get upset because they'll say, well, well, these people don't seem to have any confidence in me. And I said, well, why should they? You don't even have confidence in yourself. Yeah. If they don't believe you don't believe yourself, then why should anyone else believe you? So true. Yep. It feels like, I feel like you've read the book already, Jeff. <laughs> 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 It really is true. I mean, that's the premise of what it's all about. And all these things that get in the way for people, it all comes from kind of being the negotiable you, um, letting yourself down, not staying true to your word, you know, making up excuses, all the things when people are like looking for advice from everybody else and are in their mind and trying to figure out what other people are going to think and say and do. All of that comes from this lack of relationship with yourself that you actually trust. And like you said, kind of keep your promise to. And and that's the shift here. 
And I love that you mentioned the multitasking. People put that on their resume. And I'm like, don't put that on your resume. Being a multitasker is not good. You're basically saying the quality of work that you do is not a high level. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, it's to me, it's not because, you know, I have people that I, you know, friends that I know, people that work with me and they're always talking about, well, I'm knocking things off my list, you know, and I got mm-hmm. part of this done and part of that done. And, and, and it's a list that nothing ever gets checked off. The list just continues mm-hmm. to grow and, and they yeah. just never seem to get anything done. Yeah. And just little um, task doers. And, you know, and, and not keeping promises to yourself. That, that, that's, it, it's funny. If the boss tells you to be there at eight o'clock, you're there at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. But if you, but if you, but if you are telling yourself you're going to go to the gym the next morning, chances are you won't go. Right. You know, if he tells, if the boss tells you to get something done on a deadline, you're going to get it done on the deadline. But if you tell yourself you're going to start a business by a certain date, you're probably going to find some reason not to do it. And mm-hmm. the, the problem to me, Angie, is that people, people keep promises to people that at the end of the day, don't even care about them. They're hell bent mm-hmm. on that, but, but they're not hell bent on keeping their own promises that they make themselves. So no, no wonder so many people need to read your book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe that to be very true. And the funny thing to me is that people don't necessarily realize it, that they're okay letting themselves down. They don't want to disappoint their boss. They don't want to disappoint their spouse or their friends or their coworkers, but they're 100% okay disappointing themselves. And it's the worst relationship, you know, to disappoint because again, like, the confidence, the trust, the belief. And that's what has you seeking like everything from the external world is because you can't look to yourself for the answers because you've proven time and time again that you don't show up for yourself and that you don't keep your word. So it creates this kind of vicious cycle, but people don't necessarily know that until we start having conversations like this. And they're like, oh, wow, I never thought about it like that. You know, I just, didn't want to disappoint somebody else, but didn't really think I was disappointing me. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you constantly, people constantly let themselves down and, and, and like, I'll, I'll see people, my wife's a doctor and mm-hmm. uh, she sometimes will help someone with weight loss. And then mm-hmm. she'll ask them, well, how are things going? Well, you know, I drank a little wine last night. Well, you're not supposed to do that says, well, you got to live your life. Well, duh, if, if you keep going on the same trajectory, you're not going to have a lot of life to live. Right. You know, why, why, are you, why are you breaking the promises to yourself that literally could have life or death consequences? You know, they, you know, and, and, and people do that and they go, well, I, I, I don't know. Like, and she actually fires patients for doing stuff like that. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, she really, it's she really hard does. to help someone. And yeah, you know, they, they don't want to help, help themselves. themselves. Yes, exactly. And and I talk about that in the book in the sense that like 
people don't realize they're not conscious in the decisions that they're making. We function off of just feelings and that immediate need that comes up. So that client, you know, your wife's client who decides she wants wine, it's like, oh, I want wine. You know, I feel like I want some wine or maybe I'm stressed out, whatever it is. But you don't go through the process of going, okay, what am I really choosing here? I'm either choosing wine and choosing to disappoint myself and choosing to affect my health and my life and my commitment, all of this, or, you know, I'm choosing to find something different and to stay true to myself and to choose energy and life and, you know, longevity. We don't really think about it in those moments because we're really a a feelings driven society, like whatever we feel in that moment we want to serve it and we want to give into it. But if we just pause for a moment and bring in some consciousness about what's A, what's choice A and what's choice B here, I think we start making different decisions. So why do you think that people do all the self-sabotaging things that they do? I think there's a lot of people who don't even realize they're doing it. They're those feelings-based decisions. They mm-hmm. think that whatever you feel feel like you want, you should have. Well, I feel like I want this cookie. I feel like I I don't feel like going to the gym. They feel like their body and their mind is telling them what's right. And that's one of the biggest hurdles right there because our mind and all of that operates off of everything around us, um, emotions, circumstances, environment. So it's not always the most trustworthy place to go to. So I think that's part of it. The other part of it is if you are consciously doing it and self-sabotaging, there's a deeper reason. Like, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of the success? Are you afraid of what's going to change when you have that joy in your life and that identity? And, you know, that we have to dig into a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's just amazing to me how so many people just, you know, self-sabotage their health, their relationships. Mm-hmm their money, their careers. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wonder how, how sabotaging Netflix is for people. Oh, because I'll gosh. talk to people who just get on that and will just binge watch stuff forever. Uh-huh. You know, like, mm-hmm. what a waste. Yeah. It, and, and, and they don't understand how it affects your mind. Like a lot of people say, oh, it's a guilty pleasure or, you know, I don't think anything of it. It's just kind of like fun drama. And I'll have these clients who either are paranoid that everyone's out to get them that are, have been single for so long. And every guy is, you know, not the right guy. And they're going to cheat on like, they literally take in everything from these shows and social media too. And even if you sit there and say, Oh, I don't believe it subconsciously, that is all going into your mind and it is used in those moments when you're faced with decisions and, you know, they think it's an innocent, indulgent, you know, thing, but it really affects your subconscious thoughts and beliefs. Oh, it absolutely does. Because a lot of it, your mind doesn't know if it's real or not. It's just, yes. making, it's just keeping an inventory of everything. Yep. You watch yeah, enough people, you know, stabby in the back and lie and cheat, you start to believe that that is the way that everybody is, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. And and, yeah. and, 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 and to me, it's, it's like I will have people sometimes make an audit of how they keep their time. And, mm-hmm. uh, what, and, and, and if, they, if they're honest about what they do, and very few of, of them ever are, 
take a spreadsheet and, and have a whole week, 24 hour segments and every day of the week yeah. and literally put in there what you did at 11, what you did at noon, what you did at one. Mm-hmm. If you're really honest with yourself and do that, honestly, it's amazing how much productive time is wasted on, on nothing. And, you know, there, there's so many times there, there was someone here in the office just a few moments ago before we started and a lovely, yo- lovely young lady who was talking mm-hmm. about how uh, so many people will like their whole day can be going great. And one little mm-hmm. thing goes wrong and that's their excuse to retract. That's their excuse mm. to, to, to do all this stuff when in fact, what you really should be doing is when that one little thing, you know, goes wrong, you should be doing an inventory of all the things that are going right. right. You know, uh, yeah. And, and everything's in perspective. My, my wife is actually Russian. She has uh, sisters that live in Ukraine. And mm-hmm. um, there was a lady at the gym complaining to her about something. And, you know, my wife got pretty annoyed with her and she says, Hey, what are you complaining about? I've got a sister living in a bomb shelter mm. with missiles flying over, you know, flying over her town every day. And she's having to use the bathroom in a bucket. What, what, what are you, what, what are you complaining about? Wow. <laughs> yeah, it is so true. You know, we all live in our own little world and it's a, you know, our own little perspective and you kind of look outside of that. I was doing a speaking engagement uh, earlier this week and somebody said to me, what do you do when it's like something always bad is happening to you? And it's like one thing after the other and you just can't get a break. And it's, you know, one bad thing after the next. And I said, you know, do you want my honest answer? I find gratitude for it because- you don't ever really know what the purpose of that is. And you have to have a different perspective in order to see, you know, the opportunities, the possibilities and what really may be going on there. But it's hard for people, you know, they, they get into that victim mentality of everything is happening to them instead of what I like to say, things are happening for you. Yeah, you're right. And, and you never know, like yesterday I was, I was on a, on a flight and uh, it was late boarding, and we sat on the tarmac at the Fort Myers Airport for two hours before the plane mm-hmm. took off because mm-hmm. of weather. And this guy sitting next to me was losing his mind. Ugh. And and I said to him, I said, you know, I, I think everything that happens is meant to be. Mm-hmm. I said. I said, you know, we, we could, I, I said, trust me, these airlines want to make money. They, they are losing lots of money with this plane just sitting here, just, just burning jet fuel and going nowhere. I said, but, but the thing is, is, you know, you never know what's, what could be ahead and what it is that we're avoiding. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that they had the sense enough not to take off. And uh, of course he wasn't buying that. I think it just <laughs> it pissed him off even more. Just throw some gasoline on that fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah he wasn't. He, he he wasn't buying it, but but no. but it's true. Yeah, you know, and 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 I'm. This has happened to me. I'm willing to bet that it's happened to you. But there are so many opportunities that I enjoy today, 
that were a result of big problems that I had in the, in, in the past. Yes. All the time. And, and again, but I I think that it sets people up to experience that. But when you have those blinders on and you're so annoyed and you're going to take it personally, like something happened to you, you will miss that opportunity and you will miss that setup every single time. Yeah. You know, it's like serendipity and yeah. You ever read the four agreements you were talking about taking things personally. Yeah. I I think that should be required reading for everyone. No kidding. No, it's such a simple book. Um, such a simple book. And you know, it's funny because people say, well, yeah, that's common sense. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like, and people understand it and they believe it, but it's the actual integration and implementation of it in your life. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you read it and you understand it and you agree, but yet here you are still taking things personally. So yeah. I, I, I think that is the fascinating thing about books and taking things in is that people think that once you understand it and you hear it and you know it, that you just change, but you have to do something with it. You actually have to use it in order for it to show up in your life. Yeah. It's just like if if you buy a treadmill and put it in your house, it only works if you do. Yeah. 100%. I tell that to my clients who make sales calls. I'm like, just because you got a dialer system doesn't mean that it's going to, you know, make your sales calls for you. You have to actually do them. <laughs> it only works if you do. Yes, um, 100%. And, and, and um, speaking of the four agreements in your book, your book is, is, is sounds like it's more the, one of the four agreements is keeping your word perfect. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that's keeping promises to yourself and, not sabotaging yourself either with your mind or your word, because lots of times, um, you know, people, people, people will, will talk shit about themselves mm-hmm. and, and they have no idea just how destructive that is. You it's know, so true. Yeah. The rest of the world's going to talk shit about you and they're going to let you down, but You just have to make sure you don't talk shit about yourself and you never let yourself down. And and, and if people just follow that simple formula, they'll be fine. It's true. I mean, you're, you're the, you're only controllable. You can't control what people think and what they feel and what they're going to say about you, but you absolutely can control what you think and say about yourself. And it starts with self-awareness. You know, I believe it's like kind of like you were saying, having people audit their time. If you don't know, you can't do anything about it. And that's where mastering your mindset and catching those thoughts so that you're not kind of like talking shit on yourself. Like you say, you have to first have the self-awareness that those things are happening. And, you know, it starts with that. Then you catch them and you're like, oh yeah, I don't want to think that. That's not serving me. What do I want to think instead? And that starts the process of you actually becoming in control of your mind instead of it controlling you. Exactly. Now tell me what, what kind of people do you work with? I work with a lot of small business owners, medium-sized business owners that, you know, one of two things, they're trying to 
break through that ceiling that they feel like they're stuck at right now. And usually it's because they're doing all the things that got them to one place, but that's going to have to drastically shift and they're going to have to start doing things differently to get to that next level. So that's one area of my clients. And then um, the other one is kind of those mid-sized companies who are really expanding and it's about leadership. It's about having the right people in place and running the company different. And, and both of those people, you know, people don't understand that life plays into that. So how you show up in your own life, where your joy is, all those promises to yourself, they impact every bit of your business. And most of my clients, you know, come from a perspective of, hey, I want to increase my business and, and grow my company and revenue. But there's a lot of personal work behind that that needs to be done. There really is. Do you ever work with uh, family-owned businesses where you got husband and wife and kids working together? Because I bet that's a nightmare. I do, you know, and I actually was sharing on my story today, you know, my schedule and the first company I went to, um, aerospace company, and it's a husband and wife that own it. And I'm working with their leadership team. And then one of my last clients today, again, um, mother and son owning a company and, and trying to kind of do some reorganizing and you know, there's emotion, there's connection in there. It's not all business at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, that's the tough thing about having a family because I, I grew up in a family owned business and we were, Oh God, it was a nightmare. We were, we were with each other 24 seven all the time. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and every, every problem, personal or business all got coagulated into one. Yep. And uh, um, I, I think I think that if anybody can survive something like that, they can survive anything. It's true. I mean, my husband and I started our investment firm back in 2003, but actually had worked together for about three years before then. So we've literally had a business and worked side by side together for years. And it takes, I mean, it, it takes really understanding your lane and being able to set boundaries around your business and personal time um, because it can just pop up anytime. And, you know, you can't let that conversation and the problems encroach in every aspect of your life and have it, you know, create and then, you know, wreak havoc on your personal relationship. You know, it's interesting because I hear all the time people will talk about marriage is a 50-50 partnership. That is mm -hmm. so not that is so not true. It's it's so not true. It's not it's never 50-50 with anything. I think mm -hmm. and, and and I think that's where a lot of it fails. That the reason why a lot of them fail is because you know they they think that for some reason it is a 50-50 and and Essentially, what it really is, 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 you know, you know, in, in terms of money or, 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 or taking care of kids or house or expenses or, or uh, you know, mowing the lawn, anything like that. Uh, sure. I think I think what makes a successful partnership is when, uh, you know, the 50-50, the forget about that. You have one who can only do 20 percent of something and the other is more than happy to overcompensate with the 80 percent. But the one with the 20% showing gratitude for that overcompensation for the one for, for the one that overcompensated. And when they don't show that appreciation and when they don't show that gratitude, that's when a lot of problems start. Absolutely. Yeah, the resentment comes in. And and I agree with you in that sense that like, you know, people have different skill sets and things they bring to the table. 
And so, you know, you may, the spouse may be, you know, more capable in one area. And that happens to be the area that's taking up the majority of your life right now, right? Versus in another time, you know, the other spouse may really have to step in and give more because that's their area of expertise. So it mm-hmm. is really about having a full union there, but not this 50-50. And, and I always say that comes from expectations, You know, if you have these, what I call silent expectations about like, well, I did this, so they should do that. And you're not discussing it. That's a recipe for disaster because nobody can, you know, read your mind and know what you're expecting and just meet that. So it's always about communication. Well, but where I see the problem, where the problem Mm -hmm. occurs with that is because there's so many uh, and, and, and believe me, I hear this every day. We have so many insurance agents that work with us. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I could be, I could be Dr. Phil, uh, <laughs> but you, you know, I hear so much of it, but the problem is, is that so many people don't want confrontation with their spouse. They'll do anything mm-hmm. to avoid it. And so they talk about all these problems, but they don't talk to the spouse about it. They talk to to their friends about it. And they're going to be really particular on which friends that they tell it to, because they're going to be telling it to friends that are, that they think are going to be inclined to believe them and and encourage them and whatnot. When all the, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they, they create all this unnecessary drama that, that shouldn't even be there when in fact they just, can't have that little, you know, or, or tough conversation with their spouse because they're afraid of, 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 you know, what the consequences of it might be. And in fact, when they do get the nerve to have the conversation, when it's done, they find out it's not nearly as bad as they thought it would be. Right. Yeah. Stories, they make up the stories in their head. And, and that is, you're right about the struggle there because you don't want to rock the boat and then have that spill over into your personal life at home. And, and that's why I think that avoidance comes up. I call those, you know, my, my peacekeepers, you know, they don't ever want to rock the boat. They don't want to cause any problems, but all that does is rock the internal waves for them. And eventually that boat's going to capsize, you know, and it, there's going to be problems regardless. So knowing how to communicate and being able to even say, I'll tell my clients, like, say what you're afraid of up front. Go to your spouse or your business partner and say, look, this is a hard conversation for me. I don't want to rock the boat and I don't want to cause problems, but here's something I'd like to talk about. So they really know like that's your intention and that's a fear of yours. And that's out on the table. It really takes the people's defenses down and opens up the conversation. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're absolutely hundred percent right. Um, Because the more, the more they procrastinate on it, um, the more stuff builds up in their mind. And mm-hmm. I think often, oftentimes the imagination is more destructive than reality. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it absolutely is. So you did some speaking. Tell, tell me about the speaking gigs that you do. Uh, this week I was over at Chase Bank and uh, it was to speak about the non-negotiable you, help people create that version of themselves and do a book signing. Um, I have a history in the financial industry, so that's usually where I'm speaking. Um, J.W. Cole for their women's event. I'll be with them in November again. 
Um, Fierce Lab Live is another women's event I've spoken at um, for the last two years. I, I love it. I love pouring in and inspiring people and, and helping them create that pathway for the non-negotiable you. Yeah, it's it's nice when you can have an impact and and have uh, have someone really in, in apply what you teach them mm-hmm. and, 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 and see that difference get made in their life. Yes. Yeah. I always think like, what do you, you speak? So it's like, what do you think the percentage is of people who show up at an event, they feel inspired, they take it in, but like that actually take that information and do something with it and make a change. Very few. Yeah. (laughs) Very few. Okay. So like right now, right now, my wife is in Mexico at a Joe Uh Dispenza event. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so she says there's 1800 people there. They've all probably paid five, $6,000 a piece. You right. know, Joe's printing money. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and she was, she was telling me that she had met people uh, on, on this trip that she's met people. This is like their 10th or 12th retreat that they've been to. Wow. And she'll ask them, well, what's different about it? Well, there's really nothing different about them. They're pretty much all the same. Yeah. So, so she said that some of them would say to her that they did it just to meet like-minded people. And that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's legit to do that. Sure. But she said a lot of people said that they, you know, you know, they've been so many times, but they're still yet to apply it in their, in their everyday life. And, you know, that and that's like you, you hear about uh, these seminar junkies. You know, people are always going to seminars. They're always going to workshops. Um, I have a friend of mine. He goes he has gone to every Tony Robbins event that uh-huh. he could possibly go to <laughs> for the last 15 years. And he's still exactly where he is. Uh, he, he's <laughs> barely moved an inch. He, yeah. he just doesn't. And, and, you know, and that's the thing, you know, people, you know, I tell people, you, you don't need a guru. You don't need mm-hmm. all this stuff. What you need to do is make yourself promises and put action to it and keep those promises to yourself and, 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 and get things done. I said, you yeah. can be your own guru. I mean, you just, you just have to make yourself a promise. You're going to do something and keep that promise. It's, it's as simple as that. But they just need to be so, the non-negotiable you. That's it. <laughs> that's right. They need to be the non-negotiable you. So is your yeah. book, so where, where can where can people pick up your book on Amazon or Amazon? Yeah, it was a, a still number one new release on Amazon. I hit number one bestseller in um, money and three in business mentoring and coaching. So it's on there. Pick it up. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. It's how how fun. how big is how big is the book? It's a actually a very simple read. It's about 185 pages because as you just said, you know, it's not that complicated. You know, you keep your promises. You say, you do what you say you're going to do. That's what this book is. It's giving you the formula of like, Hey, this is not rocket science. You know, we're not going Joe Dispenza style here. We're really just going, here's what you need to do to show up as this version of yourself that will lead you well, that you can trust that will be authentically you and will get you exactly where you need to go. Um, you know, to your point, it's like, 
it can't just be constantly going for this um, quick fix of motivation, which is what a lot of people do. They go to those seminars and it's like, they feel great for this week or maybe even a month after, and then things go back to the way they were. And they're like, I need that next event for that, you know, hit again. (laughs) It's almost like, you know, a pop of adrenaline or dopamine and, and they feel good for a little bit. This is about really changing who you are and living a different life so that you have that all the time. Yeah. uh, Motivation, motivation, just gets you started, but it's the good habits yeah. is what pulls you across the line every time. You got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, do you have anything in there? Uh, what, what's your feeling on affirmations? Some people do them. Some people don't believe in them. What do you, you know, where, where people just, uh, you know, scream at themselves at the, uh, standing in front yeah. of the mirror. I do believe in them. And in the process of the non-negotiable, you actually set you up to do a morning journal every single morning and there's free printouts in the book. So it takes you through this 10 minute practice of creating the non-negotiable you. And one of those steps is affirmations. I'm a firm believer in them. I didn't used to be, I thought they were a little woo wooey, And I've come to realize that they are, if you say these affirmations that hold no value. You know, if you just like throw stuff out there and it's outlandish and you're not doing anything to actually be that person, then forget about it. But saying affirmations that you truly want to step into and that you're implementing something in your life to align with that, they're super powerful. It's about rewiring your brain and affirming who you are and getting rid of the thoughts of maybe who you thought you used to be or those past stories or beliefs. So yeah, I'm a big believer in affirmations and I use them depending on what you're doing that day, right? If I was speaking on Wednesday, my affirmations are going to align with that. I'm a captivating speaker. I'm a curious, you know, leader, whatever it may be that is going to kind of put you in that right frame of mind for your day. I like that because most people, when they do their affirmations, it's the same thing over and over again. I, I go uh, almost every morning at 6 a.m. I go walk on the beach on Marco mm-hmm. Island. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I always see this every time I go, I see this guy. I, I don't know him. He's, he's running around on the beach, you know, shirtless. Doesn't matter how hot or cold it is. He's always shirtless. Uh-huh. And he is screaming these affirmations. He'll scream them for maybe uh, a minute and then he'll drop down on the ground and do 10 push-ups and get up and start running around, beating his chest, screaming his affirmations again. Oh, and, wow. uh, oh yeah. And, uh, I, I, I could practically quote, quote what his affirmations are. It's, it never changes. It's always the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. It's like, are you doing anything about those? If you're just, you know, Right down every day. I attract money and I'm a billionaire. You know, it's like, well, are, are you doing anything to actually make that happen? Or is this just, you know, what you're throwing out there? So I, I think some stay the same. And if you're kind of bringing yourself to a certain person, like for example, peace was something I wanted in my life. One of the first changes I made through personal development is I wanted more peace. I wanted to stop being reactionary and frustrated and annoyed and, you know, aggravated by little things. And so every day, one of my affirmations would be, I am peaceful. 
And I wrote that in there every day as I did things to become that person. And then one day I was like, I don't need to write this down anymore. I am that person now. I don't need to affirm it. That is who I am. So some of them will stay the same, but only if they are a work in progress and you're like, I'm a little closer. I'm a little closer to whatever you're writing down. Yeah. I mean, uh, I read this thing not long ago. It was talking about you, you can't see your reflection in a pot of boiling water because it's mm. moving. Mm-hmm. Just like you can't see. You, you can't see or, or react clearly if, if you do it from a place to where you're boiling yourself. Yes. Yep. That's a great analogy. So true. Yeah. The reactions will get you. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. So if people want to get in con- want to get in contact with you, how do they do that? My name is easy to remember. Angie Wisdom. It is my real name and angiewisdom.com. Angie Wisdom Life Coach on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, there's not too many wisdoms out there. So you can find me on just about every single platform. Not enough wisdom out there. That's the, that's the yeah. thing. You're, you're trying to bring more of it into the world. And that's, that, and that's a good thing. I am indeed. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. That is a good thing. Was, was, that, a, was that a hard name? To, well, well I, I take it that, that was your husband's name. I wonder, was that a a tough name to grow up with? (laughs) You know, we we joke about that. And he was like, you know, I I didn't, I didn't get harassed at all. And nobody really said anything about me living up to it. So I guess it's been pretty easy, you know? And I always say, I definitely married him before I got into this business. So it wasn't like I married it just for that name, you know? Yeah, I, uh, you know, my last name's Wright, and God knows when I was in school, I was called wrong. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, how funny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still get called that. For business. Oh, M- Mr. Wrong, how are you today? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Why is and, that? Uh, why, but anyway, yeah, I was, I, was, I was just wondering. Yeah, I, I know. I know. They, uh, I think. You know, that's, that's the thing. And, you know, it's like not taking things personally, you know, you're on social media, uh, you know, um, I'm sure you get, you have a a few haters. God knows I do. And, and, you know, when you, when, when you, you I actually love the haters. I really do. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's funny because when you, when you'll, you'll have people make these nasty comments about something you said, there, it's really a reflection mm-hmm. on themselves. It's not a reflection on you. Oh, and 100%. a lot of the times, and a lot of the times I'll, I'll read these snippy comments and then sometimes I'll click over to their profile and it's private, you know, they're hiding behind a private profile and they, uh, and, and they've posted no content or whatever. And, and, and that's the thing. And you were saying this earlier, how much more successful would people be if they just stop caring about what other people think and what their opinions Mm. are, especially the opinions of people that literally could care nothing about them, but they're so worried about Mm. how they're going to be perceived and whatnot, which which, at the end of the day, no one cares. So true. Yeah. But it's, it's fascinating to me how many people care 
about what other people think. And I'll say to my clients, like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want them to think, you know, I don't want people to think a certain way about me, or I don't want to be judged. And I'm like, oh, by who? And they're like, everyone. I'm like, name them. Like, well, just everybody. I'm like, well, give it a name. Is it John? Is it Kelly? Like what? Well, I don't know who it is. I'm like, okay, so you're sacrificing all your success and your joy and your capabilities for somebody you don't even know the name of. And it, it puts it in perspective because it's like, yeah, who, why do you care so much about someone that you don't even know what they might think of you? Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of it is, is, is family. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, they don't, they don't want to do things. They, they, they think their family is going to, I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many, how many successful people that I know that came from, you know, a family, you know, you know, it is what it is, a family of losers. And the more mm-hmm. successful, the more successful that they become, the more the rest of the family criticizes them and hates them. And I'm oh, like, sure. and I'm like, well, that's, that's okay. You're, you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not exactly. your fault that it, I said, and you know, I had a, I had a conversation with uh, a, one of my cousins about this. I have a cousin who's extremely successful and, uh, you know, his, his brother and sister have just totally cut themselves off away from it. They don't deal with mm-hmm. him at all. And he said to me, he said, I know they're not mad at me. They're mad at themselves because they didn't have the nerve and the drive to go out and do what I did. They were too mm-hmm. afraid and they're still too afraid. And, and all this mm-hmm. other stuff that all the stuff they're talking about, they're just venting their fear and venting their regrets, but projecting it on me. For sure. The ego. But anyway, folks, give Angie a follow, um, you know, follow her on, on her social media, buy her book, because it sounds like an amazing book. And, uh, and, and I, I'm willing to bet she uh, offers some really great coaching services as well. Angie, thank you so much for being on. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, great conversation, Jeff. Thanks for having me.